Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Today, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And uh, today I get the privilege of preaching on one of my favorite verses uh, in all the Bible. And I want to talk to you today about growth. In fact, as you're turning... Uh, in your Bible or on your phone or your iPad or whatever you got, do me a favor, turn to the person next to you, say, look at them and just say, you know you need to grow. Look at them again and say, no, I'm not trying to insult you. Come on, tell them, I'm not trying to insult you, but you need to grow. I want want to talk today about the power of growth. In fact, this isn't going to come up on the screen, but in Colossians chapter 2, Paul writing to the church says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. I so appreciate that song we sang today. It's like, you know, Holy Spirit's lying stuff up. The Bible says it's your responsibility to let the roots of your life grow down into him. How many of the the roots of your life are going to grow down into something? You with me? It's going to grow. You, the, 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 the very roots of your life are going to find something to nourish it. You can't help it. And what your roots connect with is going to be what begins to feed you. And what begins to feed you is going to be, begin to be what influences you. And it shapes the way you live your life. So whether you are in college and, and, and you are, you're still trying to figure out who you are or you're still trying to figure out what God's called you to or you're still wondering about what tomorrow looks like or, or you're, you're married and you have kids and you're thinking, well, well, this is a whole new thing. What does this look like? Or whether your kids are now out of the house and now you're figuring, well, what season am I in now? For the longest time, I was a mom or I was a dad and my kids were home, but now everything's changed. How many know your roots are always growing? In fact, I have some good news. I used to think that once I graduated college, I'd have it all figured out. Come on, where are my parents in here? Where are my adults? You realize, no, 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 no. It's just a new set of problems come up. See what I'm saying? It's like, now, now Jordan's up at 3.30 in the morning thinking, what happened now? The baby's up, everybody else in the whole world's sleeping, and he's up thinking, man, well, what's this look like? How many of you know? New season. Somebody say new season. So we need to grow in every season. And and I just really feel like maybe somebody here today, you need to hear this. And that is, is that you don't always have to have all the answers. You just need to know who is the answer. We spend so much time trying to figure out what the next step is, we miss the beauty of the current season we're in. Now that's, that's worth repeating. Because... Because we think to ourselves, well, you know, Lord, if you'll show me, I like the water. You let the water dry up first, and then I'll step into what you've called me to. God said, no, that's not how I work. I've called you by faith to step into the water, and then I'll show you what I have for you. I have, uh, we have, my wife and I have four kids. We have a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Come on, somebody. And in each, of, each of them are in a season of wondering, what's next? You know, God, what have you called me to? What, 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 what's this in my life? What's going on? And, and our answer is always the same. Just seek him. Listen, this is important. Just seek him, and he'll get you to what he's called you to. 
But we tend to look for what he's called us to and we forget the one who's called us. Amen, somebody? So Jesus, the life of Jesus is interesting to me in the Bible. Is that, you know, we, we all know the Christmas story. We all know that Jesus is born, he's in the manger, and then, and then he goes off to Egypt, and then he comes back at some point, maybe around three years old, sometime in that range, and he lives in Nazareth. And all of a sudden the Bible goes silent on Jesus until he's 12 years, eight, 12 years of age. And then he shows up at 12, and he's in the temple. Remember, remember the story? He's in the temple. His parents go to Jerusalem for the, for, the, for the festival, and then they leave, and Jesus is still in the temple. And three days later, they realize, uh-oh, Jesus is missing. Now listen, if you're a parent, I have some really good news for you. It doesn't matter how bad you've been, you haven't lost the Son of God. Amen? And Mary and Joe's like, where's Jesus? Well, he's been with us 12 years, and we lost the Son of God. And they go back, and they find him in the temple. And then the Bible goes silent until Jesus is 30. Now think about this for a second. Don't you think that those formative years of Jesus' life would be important? But the Bible doesn't speak to it all except one verse in Luke 2.52, one verse. And you know, as I've, as I've had kids, I, I, Heidi and I have prayed this verse over our kids, not even understanding the totality of it, just understanding that, that if Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God, man, then my kids need that too. And parents, let me encourage you, as soon to be parents, if you're gonna lock onto a verse and begin to speak this over your kids, this is a good one. Lord, let, let my son Joshua grow up in wisdom and stature and let him grow up with favor with God and man. What's that mean? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to us about Jesus and about this development? Because 87% of his life is not recorded in this book. 30 years old, he comes on the scene. He's around for three years and all of a sudden he's crucified. You know the story, he rises from the grave. He goes into heaven and he's gone. And in, in, in 87% of his life, we have one verse. You ready? And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And so I've studied this, I thought, you know what? When you don't have all the answers, when you don't know what's ahead of you, this is your responsibility. Now listen, you are responsible to grow in wisdom. You are responsible to grow in stature. We'll talk about what that means. You are responsible to grow in favor with God and man. So what does that look like? What, is it, what, what does it mean to grow in these areas. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you so much for the day. Here we are. We are yours. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Help us to discern what you want to show us today in your word. We're open. In fact, say that. Say we're open. Help us to hear your voice like we've never heard it before, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to go through wisdom and stature and favor, and I just kind of want to dissect those and pull them apart. And if you're taking notes, or if you're, in, in fact, if you're not taking notes, do me a favor, take notes. Because God's going to speak to you today. Pull out your phone. You can pull out your phone. Just don't play a game on your phone. Pull out your phone. Stay off social media right now. And take some notes. And I know God's going to speak to you, not because I'm speaking, but because we're going to read his word. And when God, when we read his word, he speaks to us through his word. How many of you know this is the foundation? Amen. Wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is this, it's how you act. Wisdom is how you act. You hear a lot of people say, well, you know, they're so wise. They have, they have all this, Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. And, and it says this, you ready? Uh, Solomon says, therefore, because it's the principal thing, get wisdom, and then I like this expression, and in all you're getting, in all you're getting, and all you're going after, 
get understanding. Now, if the Bible says this is a principal thing, don't you think that's important? It says wisdom is a principal thing. How many know people are, people are trying to get all kind of stuff? They're trying to get money, they're trying to get relationships, they're trying to get fame, they're trying to get prestige, they're trying to get satisfaction. How many of you know you can't get no satisfaction? But people try, and they try, and they try, and they try. But guess what? You can't, you can't get no satisfaction. They're trying to find pleasure. They're trying to find fulfillment in everything outside of what God has to offer them. But you have been hardwired to find satisfaction and purpose in God and God alone. Can't change it. The maker of the universe hardwired you. Just a, just a, a simple definition, you ready? Understanding, understanding is knowledge. I understand how something works. I understand how it's supposed to function. Wisdom is the application then of that understanding. Let me use this as a simple thing, right? We all know that the, that the Department of Transportation has hung a light on the street out here. And when the light is red, what do you do? Stop. When the light is green, what do you do? When the light is yellow, what do you do? Speed up. That's right, all right? So that's... Okay, knowledge says I've taken the test and I know that when the light is red, I'm supposed to do what? Wisdom stops. Knowledge says I understand that that's quicksand in front of me and if I step in it, I'm going down. Wisdom says you better walk around it. Knowledge says, the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, love the Lord your God, have no false, all, I shall not covet. Wisdom says, I'm going to put them into practice. You see, we can't be a church and we can't live in a society where we know what to do, but we don't do it. Wisdom says, I understand that this is truth. And our knowledge says, I know this is truth. Wisdom says, and I'm going to purpose in my heart to walk it out. You see, culture has this way of saying, I can believe one thing and I can do another thing, and there's no problem with that. Or in every area of my life, I can follow God, but this area, I can't, it's okay, and there's no problem with that. Wisdom says that I know what to do and I'm going to do it. And even Jesus had to grow in wisdom. Think about this, the Son of God, he had to actually begin to, he's learning to relate to the Father. He's learning what, 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 what the truth is. And then Jesus, in these formative years, is learning to walk out the truth and faithfulness. And how many of you know, he was 100%. Well, if, it, if that's for Jesus, it's for me too. I'm learning to walk in the understanding that the Father is showing me. Young people, in every season of your life, God's showing you something different about who he is, you ready, and who you are. But he won't make you walk in it. It's your responsibility to walk in it. How many of you know parents, when you have kids, it's like, Lord, I need some understanding. When your kids become teenagers, I need some more understanding. 
When you have grandkids, you're like, give my kids understanding. I'm just going to spoil my kids and give them back to them. They're grandkids, right? Proverbs 9.10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Somebody say beginning. The fear, now what does that word fear mean? Because we're like, well, well, well pastor, I thought, I thought fear is the opposite of faith. We're not supposed to have fear. In this instance, the word fear means a deep awe and respect. How many of you know that, 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 that we have to have a deep awe and respect for God? People say, well, Jesus is my best friend. That's true. He is your friend, but he's also the creator of the universe. Say, man, when I see Jesus, I'm going to fist bump him. I'm going to give him a chest bump. I'm a high. No, no, no. When you see Jesus, you're going to be flat on your face in awe of the King of kings and Lord of lords. The one who says that, 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 that literally like, like the, 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 the light coming from him is overwhelming. Let's not make Jesus so familiar that we lose how sacred he is. You with me? It says, the fear of the Lord is where wisdom begins, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I was thinking of the best illustration I could think. Now, when the Bible says, you think of somebody in the Old Testament who was wise beyond wisdom, who is it? Solomon. Y'all remember the story of Solomon? Solomon was a king whose father, David, was, was arguably the greatest king other than Jesus himself of the nation of Israel. And David has a son, Solomon. David set Solomon up to just, to just, to just succeed and, and Solomon becomes king, and this is pretty cool. Solomon has a dream. And in the dream, the Lord says, ask me one thing. Whatever you want. I'll get, what, what's the one thing you want? And Solomon actually chose wisely. And in 1 Kings 3, 9, it says this. Therefore, Solomon preached, says this. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between what's good and what's evil. And then the Lord in verse 12 says, behold, I've done according to your words. I've given you a wise. Somebody say Wise. And an understanding. Say understanding. Heart. God said, anytime, anytime you ask the Lord, God, give me wisdom in order to steward this, what you've given me. My life, the calling, the influence you've given me. How many of you know God loves to answer that prayer? In fact, God said, you didn't ask for the things that all the other kings would ask for. And that is to, to be leader over your enemies, to have, to have a great name, a great kingdom, to have a, a lot of wealth. He said, because you didn't ask for any of that, he said, I've seen your heart is right. I'm going to give you wisdom. Oh, by the way, I'll give you the rest of that too. Now, how many of you think, man, Solomon made the wisest king, but then guess what happened? He stopped applying the knowledge God gave him. Well, what does that look like? This isn't going to come up on the screen. Let me just read real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 7, before, before God ever uh, put the nation of Israel in the promised land, it says this. This was God's rule. You ready? He said, he said, whatever you do, don't intermarry with the people who aren't believers in God. He said, don't give your sons to their daughters. Don't give your daughters to their sons. And this is why he said that. Because he said this. They will turn the hearts of your children away from me, and they'll stop following me. Listen, the influence of the other nations will turn your kids' hearts from me. And God said, if at once their hearts are turned, they'll stop walking in wisdom. Look what it says of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 11. It said, when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. How many of you know he had 700 wives? 700? Really? Anybody? 700 wives? That's a lot of anniversaries. 
That's a lot of Mother's Day cards. You know what I'm saying? And 300 concubines. I mean, this, he, he, Solomon's heart had been so turned from God. Listen, the one who was considered to be the wisest man, his own heart was turned from God. What happened? He abandoned the application of his knowledge, and he started walking in what he thought was right. You know Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own. Lean not on your own. Guess what? This book doesn't change. And this is not a book of rules, although it does have laws to live by. This is a revelation of the heart of God because God wants you to know him. God wants you to know how he thinks. He wants you to know how he acts. He wants you to know what's good for you, what's not good for you, what's safe for you, what's not safe for you. And honestly, if all we did was just drill into this and just, God, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? God begins to reveal himself to us. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? So James 1.5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. How about that? Is that good? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation with my girlfriend. I know the situation with my boyfriend, the situation with my, my wife or my, my kids or my, my grandkids or my boss or whatever it would be. I don't know what to do in this situation. God said, oh, if you don't know what to do, just ask. Or are, are you grateful that we serve a God that is always listening to you no matter what? On your good days and your bad days. Come on, somebody. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do with, with the decisions I have to make this semester. Oh, oh, I got some really good news. God made it complicated. You ready? Just ask. And don't you love what he said? Not only will I answer you, I'll answer you generously without what? Reproach. He's not the God with the finger in your face saying, stop it. You no good, dirty, rotten. No, it's not the God we serve. He said, if you lack wisdom, how did I get into this place? I have no idea, but God, could you help me get out of it? And he said, absolutely, let's go. Let's go take a walk. Let me help you. Somebody say wisdom. Real quick, you can write these down real fast. Just the process of wisdom. It starts with the source. It starts with the source. Listen, this is the source of all wisdom. Truth has not changed, no matter what culture says. I appreciate the exhortation moment. You're going to build your life on something. Amen? You're going to build your life on something. Listen, God has not changed. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and what? God hasn't changed. People say, well, well that, that book is old-fashioned. No, 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 no. It's always in style. I, I, I love to use this analogy, okay? Uh, anybody know what this is? Y'all seen one of these before? What's this? A phone. Yeah, it's a phone. That's right. I don't know if y'all have a phone. Yeah. Not your question. How many of you know somebody made this? And before this was ever in my hand... It was in somebody's imagination. And out of their imagination, they said, I'm going to make this thing to be able to navigate how to get to experience church on a Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. I'm going to make it so that I can call somebody halfway around the world. I can video chat. I can download these things called apps. They, had, they, they pictured this whole thing, and they put it together. And here's my thing. You ready? If somebody created it, then if you have a question about how it works, who would be the best person to ask? The creator. 
the creator. And yet everyone, everyone well, yeah, hey, I know you know nothing about phones, but, but, but what do you, how do you think I should use this? I don't know. Let's just make something up. No, 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 no. Who made you? And if you have a question about your life and about what you should do and how you should treat your body and, and, and what relationships you should be in and, and how to navigate the calling of God, can I ask you a question? Don't you think the best person to go to is the creator? Why do you think Satan's fighting so bad to make sure that you don't think that there was a creator? That you, you are a cosmic chance that just came about from a big bang, an explosion of energy. Why would he say that? Because when you remove the creator, you remove purpose and hope and any truth in your life. You know what that means? All wisdom starts with me, not with God. Wisdom has to have a source. Somebody say source. Then there's a search. There's a search when I give my life to Christ. Now, I'm beginning to search. Who is God? Who are you, God? What do you mean? In every season of my life, there's been a different time in my life where God's shown me a different aspect of his personality. That's the search. In Jeremiah, he constantly says, if you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. God is a God that responds to our search, to our seeking. By the way, he's not hiding, but he wants us to draw close to him. He says, if you draw close to me, I'll draw I'll draw close to you. So wisdom has not only a source, but then a search, and then because for church it has to all start with the same letter, it has a step. And somebody today, listen, this is so important. What's the step? The step is I know, I, I, I've gone to the Lord, I've found out who he is, and now I'm beginning to take a step and apply that to my life. Young people, Take a step. What's your next step? I'm serving at Experience Church. I'm joining a small group. I'm going to go through next steps, and I'm going I'm to get connected. What could be your step? I'm going to be part of the backpack outreach. I'm going to, listen, when you take a step, God shows up in new ways. I'm literally only here because I took a step, and then I took a, another step, and then I took a, you see, we live in a generation, we live in a culture that says, I don't want to take a step. I want to take a leap, and I just want to get there. No, no, no. It's a step. A step in the river is a step. And guess what? They still weren't across the river. They take a, another step, and then another step. Wisdom says, I know the source. I'm searching, and I'm taking a step. Amen, somebody. Amen. Number two, stature. What's stature mean? Stature is what you carry. When you look up the word in the Greek, it speaks to maturity in age or in size, and then I love this word, capacity. Now, if you love leadership, you'll love this point. Because Jesus had to grow in his capacity to carry what God had given him. How many of you know that Jesus at the age of 12 wasn't ready for Calvary? But the Jesus at the age of 33 was. So what happened in the gap? He was growing in his capacity to carry what God had given him. Now, when you were born, Ephesians 2.10, we know this, right? It says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good. Anybody know it? Works. You were created for good works. Now, this will blow your mind, which God prepared before you were ever born. Bruce, Right? Before you were ever born, God said, okay, it's going to be Bruce. Uh, he's going to be here in Tallahassee, and there's a calling on his life, 
and I've prepared good works for him. And if Bruce just takes a step and then a step and then a step, he's going to grow in capacity. To do what? To carry what God has for you. So many of us want to do what God's called us to do before you have the capacity to carry it. Let me, I'll use an illustration, okay? This is my favorite illustration for capacity. Anybody know what this is? A rubber band. How many of you know that this rubber band right now is at a capacity? But how many of you know this is not what this rubber band can do? You ready? It can hold more. How many think it can hold more? It can stretch more. How many think it's got more in it? How many of y'all think it's got more in it? How many of y'all are worried that I'm going to take somebody's eye out if this thing snaps? It's got more in it. It's got more in it. It's got more in it. How many know this is a bigger capacity than this? As a believer, you have more capacity. I don't want to die doing this in ministry, knowing God gave me this. Y'all with me? So how does that happen? I have really good news. God stretches you. People say, well, if I, I'll do it when I get comfortable. Well, then just be prepared to stay here. Just, just prepare to stay here. Well, you know, Lord, Lord, you see Jesus face, face. Jesus, oh man, I tithed one time. <laughs> How many of you know tithing is a step of faith? Serving at backpack to school is a step of stepping up saying, I'll lead a small group. I'll open my home. I'll lead a parenting group. I'll lead a marriage group. That's a step of faith. I, I, I don't know how to lead. Oh, I got really good news. You're perfect. Why? Because God does. And then I can lead leaders of small groups. And then I can lead areas of small groups. And then I can train other people to be small groups. And then I'll go to Pastor Jordan and say, Pastor Jordan, what else do you need? What else is the vision? I'm ready. Stretch me even more. And then you just keep stretching. I, this is how I want to be when I go, to see, go, go see Jesus. Amen. Just as much as you can. But how many of you, this, is, this can be painful. It's uncomfortable. This is capacity. You know the story of the, uh, the, the talents? Matthew chapter 25, it'll be like a man who goes on a journey, Jesus speaking. He entrusted to his servants his property. This is interesting. To each one he gave, to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two talents, to another he gave one talent, according to their what? Ability. If you look around the room, everybody in this room has a different ability to carry and steward God's property. And I don't mean a building. Do you know that the calling and the talents that you carry is God's property? And you've been called to steward it. Listen, listen. The one with five, what did he do? He invested it and got back what? Five more. The one with two invested, got back two more. The one with one said, you know what? I'm just going to bury it. Honestly, that is one of my greatest fears is I bury what God gave me. And the master came back and said, hey, what'd you do with what I gave you? And the one with five, oh, oh, I doubled it. How about that? I doubled it down. 
And one two said, I doubled it. I invested it. I and one, one said, I, I, I didn't do anything with it because I was scared that you do. How many of you know that's just an excuse? Capacity says, you gave me five, I'm gonna give you back 10. And I had this thought, you ready? This is just a quick thought. Maybe this helps somebody. You may not be able to determine your starting capacity, but you can determine your ending capacity. You may say, well, you know, I'm not a good speaker. Well, that doesn't matter. Oh, I'm not, I'm not talented enough. Who told you that? You may not be able to determine the capacity you start with, but you can certainly determine the capacity that you end with. But you gotta get your eyes off of what everybody else is doing. Listen, get your eyes off of what everybody else is doing and say, I'm just gonna steward what God's given me. I'm a steward. And Jesus had to grow in his capacity. Hey, you know what? He could heal a leper. Guess what? He could heal 10 lepers. All right, this could help somebody. How many of you know it was God who was healing through him? All Jesus had to do was grow in his capacity to be connected to the Father. And all he was was a conduit. You know what backpacks are? A conduit from you to kids. Worship's a conduit. All you guys, it's just, I just look, God, whatever you have me, I'm just gonna, out here. Being in a parking lot's a conduit. Kids is a conduit. Outreach evangelism is a conduit. I'm just a conduit. And when you're faithful with the little, God says, I'll give you what? More. We want the more before we're faithful with the little. Why? Because we want the name of being more. I'd rather the name of being faithful. Y'all with me? You want to know, by, by the way, you want to know what the whole goal of the church is? My favorite verse, one of my favorite verses in Ephesians chapter four about the church. These are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now this is what, but that's not the good part of the verse. You ready? The next part is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and the building of the body of Christ. Watch what the end goal is. It's capacity of a church. It says this, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the, say the word, stature, to the measure of the capacity of the fullness of Christ. How many of you know that you have an individual capacity as a person, an experienced church has a capacity to impact this community? So why, why is it important that I join a church? Because you need to be knit into spiritual family, undercovering, the Bible says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You get planted in a local church, and then you add to the local church your capacity, and you expand your influence in Tallahassee. So they need your capacity. And guess what? You need their capacity. Because all he is is a conduit. Amen, somebody? Is this making sense? The last one's favor. And this is, this is how you relate to people. And I really think this is so important because the world, and in some instances, those who don't know the Lord have really have a picture of what the church is. And in some instances, the church has done it to itself. How do you relate to people? Jesus had to grow in his ability to learn to relate to people. And who did he relate to? By the way, the order is important. He grew in favor with God and then what? Man. 
where the church or any influential organization gets off is when they put man ahead of God. How many of you know anything that comes from us is an outflow of our relationship with God? It's just an outflow. So Jesus was learning to relate to his father. And out of that, he learned to relate to man. Now, the word favor in the Greek is charis. Now, you probably have heard this word before. Have you ever heard of somebody called a charismatic? Have you heard of charismatic before? All right. Anybody ever met a charismatic before? Okay. Raise your hand. Have you ever met a charismatic? Raise your hand. Okay. Put your hands down. All right. Now, I'm going to say it again, and everyone has to raise their hand, okay? Has anybody met a charismatic before? Raise your hand. Everybody. Everybody. Okay? Because you know what? I think you may have a wrong definition of charismatic. Charismatic is somebody who carries the gift of grace. We think it's somebody who's jumping pews and running around sanctuaries. Amen? Is that right? We think it's uh, somebody from a particular denomination. No, no. A charismatic is somebody who carries the grace. Jesus learned to carry the grace of God. What's the grace of God? The power of God. He carried the, he carried the grace. The, the, grace, is, grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. It's the power of God in you working through you. Jesus carried it. When you walk in God's grace, you position yourself to receive his blessing. When you walk in God's grace. Look, the biblical definition of favor is gaining approval, acceptance, or special blessing. How many of you know it's hard to influence people when they don't like you? And let me, pref- let, me, let me say this by this. That is not us pretending to be somebody we're not. It's us carrying the love of God to whoever God brings before us. I'll serve you. I'll serve you. You don't like me? That's okay. I'll serve you. How many of you know as a, as a Christian, not everybody's going to like you? Amen, somebody? We got to be okay with that. How many of you are grateful that Jesus didn't just die for the people who liked him? He died for the, those who didn't like him. And we're here because of that. Because the Bible says we were all God-haters. Favor is learning to relate to people in such a way that they open the door of their hearts for you to influence them. Why is a backpack so significant? Somebody says, wait, you'll give me what's of yours in order to bless me? Yeah, why would you do that? Because that's what God's done for me, and I'm going to do it for you. And whether you realize it or not, you begin to open the door to people's hearts. It's not manipulation. It's relationship. So important. It's relationship. Jesus literally looked and he wept over the state of, of his people. Can I help you if you like to do evangelism? Oftentimes you have to open up your heart before the other people open up their hearts. You know what's crazy? People can tell if you have an open heart if you're in the parking lot. My parking lot people? How many of you know that when you're out in that parking lot welcoming people at the front door? How many of you know that you are often the first, you're the first people people see and they'll, they'll look at the church and say, they, can, they will, right or wrong, judge a church by what they see. When you're out there opening your heart welcoming people, not, oh yeah, just go park over great another car <laughs> kids oh great got kids great probably gonna stink just make a mess just terrible welcome the experience church 
Man, you're smiling. Man, I've been praying over this whole, I've been praying for you before you came. Welcome. My name's Wayne. Can I help you? Favor opens the door, not only to the heart of God, but to the heart of the people God brings to you. And I'll close with this. Psalm 84:11 says, "For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. The Lord bestows favor and honor. The Lord bestows favor and honor. He gives you favor. He gives you honor. Are y'all seeing a pattern here? The Lord gives you wisdom. The Lord gives you stature. The Lord gives you favor and honor. How many of you know we should be praying this over ourselves, right? You ready? No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And Jesus grew, you ready, in wisdom and in stature and in favor. And until I take my last breath, you ready, I'm still growing. I've got a lot of growing to do, you guys. <laughs> That's my buddy. <laughs> we got a lot of growing to do. And honestly, the people of Tallahassee need us to grow. I'm from Panama City Beach. The people in Panama City Beach need me to grow. What can God do? It's been amazing to see what he's done here at Experience Church already. I'm so proud of you. That's a step of faith. When Marion Jordan first told me we were in Destiny, he said, yeah, I think the Lord's called me to Tallahassee to start a church. Everything you need is already there. Just go grow. Can I pray for you? Let me invite you to stand if you would.